And welcome to a Monday edition Jack Michael Show. In the studio, our roundtable, Brad Anderson, Derek Hansen. Uh, Doc Phil be around a little bit later on. A lot to uh, clean up, a lot to discuss, and uh, phone lines are open. Text Club is open at 35270-35270. To get involved in the program, 237-3767 or 888 Six nine two six. And I was listening to PA show today, guys, and 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 heading into the noon hour here, and and I'm and, and going back over what it, what has been a wild weekend. Obviously, if you took any of these wild card games in, it was a little bit of everything. And I thought the lesser of two frustrations. Who who should be more frustrated today, Vikings fans or Chargers fans? Well, it's not even close. Chargers, Chargers. <laughs> right? I mean, the lesser That's two. That's a layup. The twenty-seven to nothing, and I'm thinking these two program, these two organizations. You know, you had you had one that that everybody's going to focus on the final play, and I get it because it's fresh in the mind. But let's not get ourselves defensively. Certainly, is where the fingers have got to be pointed at, at least in my opinion, and, and I'm sure you guys too. But twenty-seven to <laughs> twenty-seven rip in a playoff game. Four T. T. Lawrence had four picks, right? And then oh, there was he a, kept, yeah, was a botched, was, botched a punt, went off a helmet. I, I took in that whole game. Yeah, I did too. It was. Woo. I mean, he looked like a he looked like his first playoff game, and then he, and then it just completely turned around. And I looked. I was back in and in, in, in talking to Greg the Singlet wrestler, and and, and Michael Jordan Bennett back there in our production room as we were kind of discussing that. And Greg and I were chatting about. Uh, I said because I brought up Doug Peterson, and. Like Doug Peterson or not or what have you, the dude seems to connect with certainly young talent at that position. The, the, the guy, halftime comes, and I said, can you imagine a team that ha- doesn't fall apart, an individual that looks like he is falling apart yet still has the confidence of the team in the locker room to go out and do it? There's a trust involved there, and it takes another team to obviously – collapse a little bit, Derek. Uh, to, we've seen the comeback with the Vikings. One has to kind of collapse a little bit while the other stays through the course. But you're right. I mean, when it comes down to frustration this weekend, and you're good, bad, ugly, and great, that you can uh, text in good, bad, ugly, and great to 35270 for the weekend. You had a lot of that right there in that Jacksonville game, for goodness sakes. Well, and I didn't catch, I'll be honest, I fell asleep pretty early Saturday night as the old man that I am, so I, yeah. I did not catch much of it. I, I know you texted me, and I was kind of out cold. <laughs> I but would some texts I was barely, there. I was just kinda, at a big dinner or whatever, and I just kind of went home. And, and good for you, by the way. Was, so I gave up in the game, obviously. Yeah. So I was watching something else. I, I don't know what it was, you know, uh, you know like Harry but Potter? regardless, <laughs> um, I woke up to that. I'm like, really? Wow, that happened? Because I thought it was over because I watched the first half and obviously I gave up on it. Yeah. So unlike the Bills game, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. Yeah. What is the what happened there? Because like the Bills game, there was you know first down and ten from the one yard line. You get a touchdown out of it, kind of a freakish touchdown, right? You get a, a Dalvin Cook screenplay that goes for a touchdown that gives you life again in the second half. How do you overcome four interceptions and win a football game when you're down by that much? I, I, that's that's well, crazy. And, and 27-7 became, you know, like 27-14. And all of a sudden, like there was just this... Uh, Chargers missed a field goal. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Right. Dickie just a wide... And a guy that's been pretty darn good mm-hmm. this season. Just something... It, it got... When that missed, Brad, did you think, oh, oh. 
kind of a well, it's, it's not twenty seven nothing anymore. Life there, yeah. yeah, it's like there's a pulse here. No, and if the, and they kind of stayed their course, and the Chargers, you know, maybe threw some a little bit more than than they they could have to you know because we talk about possessing times and you know you can <laughs> case in point. There's so much for the Vikings game that obviously we'll get to, but that game stands out from a frustration standpoint where everybody I know today and last night was calling for Donatel's head and PA's entire show was about the instant reaction, low-hanging fruit and all of that, and I, I get that. Um, but I'll tell you, people people of Chargerville were just absolutely up in arms, upside down, devastated on that. So uh, kudos to uh, to Jacksonville coming up. I, I don't know. I, I have no feeling either way on Jacksonville. I, I just don't. I, I guess they're a... It's a good story, I guess, you know, and, and Trevor Lawrence is coming along. Go get him. 31-30, your final. San Francisco, yeah, they're pretty good. And they're an interesting team, too, because I think Purdy, you know, being a rookie, you can look pretty good when you're, you know, just dumping a ball off to Samuel and McCaffrey and, mm-hmm. you know, and you have a George Kittle out there that can get so much done for you. I mean, right. it's, yeah. it certainly makes a difference. Three touchdown passes ran for another. Uh, there's four in that. The Cincinnati-Baltimore game. Uh, see, we kind of clean up all this stuff, and you heard the nothing I love better than watching a defensive guy run ninety-eight yards, baby. And that was uh, that was it. Two things on that, fellas: the Baltimore Cincinnati game, and and if you watched it, I was kind of with Collinsworth a little bit, and oftentimes Chris is just is kind of he says what he says, and and it just placates the. the he lives in the moment. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's but the greatest thing ever at that moment. He lives that right there until and next nobody week. better. Till the next thing. It'll the next or the next play. <laughs> next. Like <laughs> yeah. that's not what I meant though. Here they're not. Right. But I too was wondering why Baltimore was second street remaining kept going back to huddling. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean right. it's like okay, I get it, but you know we should really be on the move here. So what happened at the end of that, and, and in the wake of all this, because microphones are put in front of players' faces. And, uh, and and if you put a mic in front of Harbaugh, he said, look, it was a burrow play. You know, he was, we expected him to go, you know, kind of burrow low, middle low on that quarterback uh, keep. And then Dobbins came out and said, basically, why am I not getting the ball? Yeah, right. Why am I not getting the ball? Which goes back to, I don't know if you outthink yourself or whatever, but the Vikings, of oh, all God. the of all the plays – you know, and, and Cousins, you heard in our montage, he thinks, you know, he goes, I'd like to third and eight playback. You know, the fourth and eight is what it was. It was, you know, whatever. He didn't want to chuck it downfield and, and risk that fear of being sacked. Didn't want to end the game being sacked. So you just kind of default and and cross your fingers and hope Hawkinson can make someone miss. He goes back to third and eight play. Took a caller this morning on KFGO, and a gentleman calls in goes, what about the third down play and the throwback to Kirk Cousins? That was a bad idea. Oh, I don't know I mean, what you're doing there. Well, I, I would have liked it better if they threw it back to Cousins and Cousins threw it down again if it would have been a lateral. <laughs> right. Right. Some crossing right. pattern but downfield. Yeah, yeah uh, jo- Josh Allen or even Daniel Jones, you are not Kirk yes, Cousins. Kirk Cousins in space. Nobody wants to see that. When that right. happened, did you both just go, what was that? Wow. I just went, what? I, I literally you, said that. How is this going to cost I, I you was, somehow? I was literally in my living room by myself. I was going, what was that? Yeah, it, it, you almost got a feeling going, boy, this is a missed opportunity. And, and you bring it up. Look at this drive. 20 plays, 85 yards. There are 15 minutes in a quarter, correct? The Giants had a 20-play, 
85-yard drive that consumed 10-52. Yep. Now, did Barkley Ouch. get dinged up? Because why did they – I think he did, didn't he? So he's out for like a series. That's why Jones was running so much. Yes. I think that game would have been out of reach a long time before if they would have just given number 26 the rock more. I, I thought that was a little He might strange. have got dinged on the pass. And I think he was dinged, yeah. Uh, uh, well, they had the touchdown call back, so they had to, uh, they had to settle for three. So it was like right. 17-7, and you're just kind of going through that. And then, I mean, yeah, you, at halftime, you just felt like they, after the first drive, had just been completely manhandled. And he felt like, well, he's still in the game. The anatomy, right? The anatomy of a drive, though, that it just defense on the field for a while on a twenty on a twenty play drive, you know, three yard uh, Jones pass to Saquon Barkley. That was play one. Then a no gain pass incomplete short to Saquon, and I think that's where probably mm-hmm. maybe he got dinged. Then nine yard pass, third down, Jones to Hodgkins, and 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 uh, first down, three yard. Oh no, Barkley was back in right guard for three. Jones scrambles for 14. Jones for three. Jones scrambles for five. Jones scrambles for eight. Barkley, right tackle uh, for four. Jones pass to Barkley. Well, I guess he was he was certainly in there. Seven. Jones sacked, negative two. His first and ten of the job. I mean, you go through this, Jones scrambles for 10. Jones left end for 12. Jones negative two. Well, the, uh, Smith. Jones, I mean, it's Jones scramble, Jones right, Jones left. And everybody's saying the 3-4 and Donatel, who's been coaching for 42 years, he's been at all this kind of stuff. And and I'm glad Lobble came on and said this because we've been asked this before. And every time I'm asked this, guys, going, is it personnel or is it the system? And then Lobble's exactly I'm, – I'm with Lobble on his response to, is it personnel or is it the system? You know, which is it for Minnesota? You know, is the 3-4 – Gonna work, and do you have the players to do it, or do you have to? You know, do you have to fit his system, or do you have to fight players, or do you have to change systems? That that is, to me is the question. Period. Well, I don't think Hunter and Kendricks fit into this as well as they probably should have. I think that was the one thing. I mean, Kendricks could make some plays once in a while, but I, I just don't know if he fits in this as well. And we do have to be honest too that most teams, because there's so much three wide receiver sets, are playing three three five. I mean, yep, right, they're not. Right. And then the, many times you still have four up there rushing no matter what. So it looks almost like a a 4-2 almost half four, the two, time. 4 right. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's what they're doing most of the time. So Because you have to have more corners in to cover all those wide receivers out there. And even tight ends who line up as wide receivers mm-hmm. more or less. And, and someone say, well, why, can't, why didn't you spy on Jones? Well, again, now you're utilizing a piece that you're, you're taking out. And then Jones may scramble, but he may not run. He may throw. And that is the that's the problem. I uh, the Vikings were love just, to have a quarterback like that. That's I mean, right. They yeah. were, they made Jones. What did you say, Brad? We were talking about Jones. I said, well, I asked Brad. I said, can you imagine what Patrick Mahomes would have done to the Minnesota Vikings with his ability? Well, Jones got to run for 150 yards right. away. Good going. Gracious. They did keep him in the pocket more in the second half, and I don't know if that was yeah. by design or that they, they did. They did get to him a couple of times, or at least a little put a little more heat in the second half. Not enough, but at least they did get to him a couple times. Yeah, and I think it's. Uh, I, I think the, the the criticism with the system, I think, is just they play so soft. I mean, commentators say it week after week on the TV, right? I mean, man, you can't play that soft of a zone. You got to play up on the guys a little bit more. You can't be, you know, and that's that's one of those things I think that you get more criticized for because if you play that soft, a you're letting the guy catch it, and then you're trying to tackle him, and b it's you're playing back so far that the running back, if it gets to the second level, is going to get twenty yards every time, and that's what we saw. Old school football, and I think there's something Derek uh, brings up often, and I 
agree with for certain teams. Old school football, you ran it, then you play acted, and you threw. You ran it, you play acted, and you threw. Pretty much you ran it, play acted, and you threw. Now you get a lot of pass that sets up runs in some of these NFL teams. Oh, for sure. Right? And 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 maybe under Zimmer's regime, a lot of time it was run, run, pass, or run, sure, you know, pass. You know, so now it was, you know, second and eight, second and seven. That's a long way to go. Now it just seems like Vikings teams are second and three or four, and they can now still do both. Right. So you talk about running, setting up, passing. Yeah, and you, I, I think you can pass and set up the run, and that's with the 49ers. I, I said that the other day, and not to – has nothing to do. It's just the, I always talk about how the catch kind of made football number one over baseball, right? As far as the number one sport in the country, it just seemed like that was the moment that everything changed because the 49ers brought in the West Coast offense that made the NFL more entertaining, where you could pass the set up the run a little bit. The short passing game was more interesting. You had an eventually Jerry Rice came in the league, and you had you know Taylor and Rice, and I, I just think that that type of brand of football made it better and and. More and more teams do that, and I think more and more teams should do that because I think some guys get a little stubborn. Right, and so. it, it, it is. Uh, it's just tough to see where you're. You, I mean, the Vikings go down their first drive, and and boy, you had to feel great. I mean, just whoop! There we go. Calls are coming in left and right. Where's my mute? It's on. <laughs> I think you know the other thing too is that. But Detroit had nothing. There was no no resistance to to or Detroit, New York, what they were no. doing. No, and I think there's a thing too where I, I do. Th- the one thing when you talk about this offense, they are going to have to look a little bit at Delvin Cook and his contract. Or can you, you know, you can have the, you know, was it Chandler or whatever the kid come in and do something for what he's doing? I mean, I like Delvin Cook. Has he lots of step? I mean, you're talking, these guys get in there and do they get through their first contract? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So Alexander I, Madison uh, is a free agent. Yes. And there's a list of those babies, Derek. I might throw those at you later. Madison's going to gonna be an interesting there's guy. Some, yeah, they, they have some significant questions on <clears throat> you've so, got a little bit of an older roster. Um, you know, Thielen, Smith, even Dalvin. Um, yeah, they, they've got some significant questions to answer. And Defensively, uh, there's so many questions. Uh, or is yeah. that your team? Or are you just going to yeah. have to, as my old coach say, get into a pee fight with a skunk and try to outscore teams? Right. Yeah. Dexter says, uh, all year long I've been questioning our offense, and we were told we had all these weapons to use, but where were they? I think Cook is done. I think Cook's gone. I do. I, I just oh. think they're going to have to let that contract go unless he's going to restructure it, and I don't think he'd be willing to do that. Yeah. I just don't. And then, so you're going to be looking at looking at a tailback quite a bit if Madison leaves via free agency, and mm-hmm. then Cook comes in. Then you got a you got a couple of guys. Isn't it Ty Chandler is the kid that got a pr- yes, he was uh, impressive, like sixth seventh round pick. Yeah, and he was pretty good. So we'll see if that's the direction they go. They'll probably draft a kid. There'll be plenty out there. And two million of uh, Cook's twenty three salary is fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think he's a casual a salary so, cap casualty for sure. So that that's uh, he doesn't have a lot of dead cap money to go on against yep. them. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if Thielen will restructure. Or, you know, but I think he will. He did this past year. I think he will because I don't think he wants to play anywhere else. His kids are in right. school, and you right. know he's living in Woodbury. He's he want to uproot everything yeah. to be gone from his family. Long. Right. I just don't see it. His contract expires expires in twenty five. Harrison Smith's an interesting character in this whole thing because I think. You know, if they let him go, you do have, you know, whether or not Seen can come back. And, of course, uh, you know, I think they like Cam Bynum. So, you know, is that the direction they go in? It's interesting. Patrick Peterson, can you bring him back? I think he's a good leader, and he had a pretty good season, I think. But Boy, he was having trouble covering. Well, yeah. I mean, he he has his moments, but, you know, I think 
If you'd have told me that they'd be where they're at with Duke Shelley and Patrick Peterson, <laughs> I would have said 13 and 4, really? Yeah, well, we'll take that. We'll take a time. Is that Phil or is that? That a... is uh, Andrew. Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Vikings. Then we could fill in. Hey, Andrew, thanks for uh, chiming in a Monday post Vikings loss. Hi, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. That, that feels just great to hear yet again. Sorry about um, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, for your sake, because I like you, Jack, I hope you're able to come into the work tomorrow and celebrate uh, your team's victory over uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, well, let's, um, uh, let's hope for no turnovers, win that battle, and then a strong run game, but you're right. Yeah. You know, it's going to be tough, but I, I think you guys can do it. But allow me to get on my soapbox, gentlemen. Um, we're focusing on the wrong side of the ball. Uh, whether it be uh, focusing on offense, but I think we should be more focused on defense. And I called in uh, to you guys before the season started during training camp when they announced that they were going to be they were going to be changing over to a three four defense, and I had skepticism regarding that. Um, number one, a thirty two year old defense, a thirty two year a veteran in the coaching realm of in the NFL, um, uh, kind of tr- uh, the Mike Zimmer age in the sense that these old curmudgeons that are stubborn to change their ways. They're going to do what they're going to do, and they're going to. That's how that's going to get done. And they bring in three players from outside of the organization uh, that have ran a three-four defense, but are brand new to this team. Other than rather than other the, the remaining eight starters on the defense have, have not either played a three-four defense in their career or haven't played it recently. And you're changing everything over. And at the end of the day, we were all questioning: Do they have the right players to run? a competent 3-4 defense? Well, the answer was no. Eric Hendricks, although he led the team in tackles for another year, did not make near the impact um, on negative plays or what have you that he did in the past. We had Daniel Hunter dropping back in coverage more times than he ever has when he's compensated to be a pass Mm -hmm. rusher. And you have um, Cam Bynum, who, although seemed ready for the job in most situations, did not make the impact that we've had from safeties on the opposite of Harrison Smith. And you have Harrison Phillips, you bring in from a 3-4 defense, like PA said, hoping to get five or six sacks. He ends the season with one and a half. They're, they just, the square, the square peg into a round hole. I would have liked to have seen them start the season or play this season in that base defense of that 4-3 defense that they had been running. And as time progresses, acquire the players that would make it a more competent 3-4 defense and then change rather than just changing right out of the gates to a team that hasn't ran a 3-4 defense in 40 years. And there was my um, question for you, Andrew. That, that's where I was going to go with you on my next question, but you answered already. Yeah, that's uh, – it's it do, do made you... no sense. And, and then there's – everybody, every fan that's watched every single game has – we've seen passes wide open over the middle. And what happens? Week 18, week 19 of the season, they're still wide open over the middle. That – the, a 32-year veteran defensive coordinator is stuck in his ways and was not willing to manipulate his defense to cover up the holes that have been existing the entire year. There was no disguising the blitzing needed to be called for from the fan base before they started increasing their percentages. It was just a, They just did not play. They played to their system, not to their players, and that was their fault right there and then. And giving up 400 yards on almost on average over ten, on 10, in 10 games this season mm. – and you're still doing the same thing. Daniel Jones passed for 200 over 200 yards in five games. Two of them were against us. Um, there's there's the issue. 
So and is it on, and, and Andrew, nice soapbox, by the way, and this is a Viking fan you're listening to this morning. And before we break and bring Doc on this, so then I know that PA didn't want to get into finger-pointing and everybody's calling for everybody's head, you know, because we're we're freshly removed. But as you say, hey, this has been going on all year long, and, and you stated why. Is it on Donatel or is it on uh, KOC? Is it deeper than that? I mean, if, if something's got to change – who does it fall on? And it falls on well, the head coach, does it not? They, we've got to, they've got to make a systematic change then. They will. Absolutely. And they will. It, it changes. It, it, you have to point to figure out the coaching staff as a whole because none of us were in those meeting rooms to see who was driving the force of making sure they ran a 3-4 defense and why. So you have to blame it on the staff in and of itself, whether it be it's in totality of the KOC at Donatel, defensive back, whomever. Whoever is coaching these guys, they were not put in the best place to execute the, what they do well individually. And the, the, the tape is out there of these long-tenured Vikings players that have been here for a long time. What they do well and what they don't well, don't do well. Mm-hmm. And they obviously don't do well in this type of a defense. And the, the evidence is on the tape for 19 weeks. It's a pretty good soapbox so today. The, the, offense was, the offense was great this year, all, you know, in totality, if you look at it. I mean, Cousins was, what, 30 for 38 yesterday? Um, they didn't block great, and but they also only ran Dalvin Cook up the middle. But they still should have scored enough points to win that game against that putrid of an offense. But they made, just like every other offense, look very, very good against our defense. We just happened to get lucky and squeak a lot of them out. Appreciate the call, my man. Uh, hang with us, and uh, we continue to, to invite you on for your, uh, your your talk on that. We'll take a break. Um, Tell you what, the Giants did do. <laughs> limit. They took away the explosive plays, and there are some explosive plays in the National Football League this past week, and there's explosive plays at the collegiate football game. And where were the explosive plays? Boy, the numbers on Jefferson in the last few games uh, give the Giants a little bit of credit. And as you said, Daniel Jones played well. There's a little bit to go around for everybody. Today on uh, on a post-Vikings wildcard weekend, Doc Phil and more coming up next. Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan. Bumper to bumper. They clamor for the other guy just because he'd be different. But you're right. I've been through it before. Everybody wanted a shiny new toy. His name was Tim Brewster. In your face. Weekdays, 3 to 6.30 p.m. on 740 The Fan. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor? 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 What's up, Doc? Well, here we are on a Monday, and it does feel like the day after. Does, I mean, it just feels like the day after in the northern plains for, for many, and I get it, not everybody's a Viking follower, but it feels like the day after. And it's interesting in the world of sport, when you don't win, uh, you go back to maybe the last thing you see, and then time goes on, and you're like, well, okay, yeah, that, that fourth down and three, that's horrendous. But boy, we sure could. And then you start reading this, time moves on, you start looking, and now Andrew, who we just took a call from, He's not doing that. He's doing big picture right out of the gate today. So there's a lot of things when you go back on on that loss that goes back. I'm looking at Twitter and Kurt Warner's breaking down the play call on where the receiver's routes were, and he's dead on. He goes, look, uh, Thielen was running this route that there's no chance from a backhash throw that that, that's even in the picture of throwing. So now that takes away one weapon that Cousins had to throw to. He says with, with, uh, with Hawkinson chipping and then releasing, 
you got to take a quick look at J.J. because J.J. was going down, then he's running that pattern. But if you sneak a peek real quick. I think I'm in a bit of – there was – Might have been able to get it to Well, him. I think it was Osborne in a post, I think, was probably the one that would have been the best and, and option. And that's the other one, yeah, his yeah. Uh, his thing. Because cause I'm sure in Kirk's mind, he knows J.J.'s route's going to do this and cut yeah. out. But he says if he sneaks he, right away, if he peeks yeah, right he away, was going he to, might have that. Cousins was going to get hit. There's no doubt about that. But I go back to the final play of the – Bengals and the Ravens last night. Yeah, Huntley's. Uh, you know, a guy's coming off the edge to his blind side. He's you know he's backpedaling and stumbling. Oh, oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and he yeah, throws yeah. it off. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's still able to get it forty yards downfield. So at least there's a chance. Some scramble mode play, and, there, and, and it almost could have been caught. It got tipped off. There were a couple of. Uh, I think Eli Apple was one. There was a couple of Bengals that tipped in. The guy for the Ravens almost had a chance to catch it in the end zone. Doc Phil joining us. In, and one more thing. We're back to Doc Peterson. Uh, and you'd have appreciated this, Derek. Game on the line. Fourth down. You don't make it. She is over. Oh, that fourth and one to ETN. And they do the naked to ETN. Oh, with that the, was, hit, how great was that? that? I mean, that was... <laughs> Everybody gives it, him credit for the Philly special. That might have been just better, as good a call. Yes, that Doc, was a great call. Doc, uh, just a lot to consume, not the very least to being, uh, speaking of defense, I know North Dakota hockey, had a, they put a lot of goals up Saturday, but defensively let in some too. In fact, 11 total over the weekend, so obviously a lot. Hi, Doc. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing quite well, and I pass along my condolences to all my Vikings friends. Mm-hmm. But let's just put it into perspective. The playoffs is a different level, and and I don't think the Vikings got to that next level. I think the Vikings have been a fairly mediocre team all the way through the season. They've limped through. They've serenaded their fans with kind of these one, two, three-point victories, thinking, oh, they're, they're really on a roll. To be perfectly honest, uh, I don't think their defense is very good. They're very exploitable, and their offense at times was good, but it wasn't. Great. I mean, when, when was the game where they really made a, a mark on somebody and and won by 30 points? I don't think there really was one. Week That's, one, it looked like they were the real deal Holyfield, and that was about it. That was well, it. That was about, you know, and they just kind of stumbled along, stumbled along. They were, you know, I don't know who was looking out for them in Buffalo, but they should never have won that game. I mean, no. if, if you're doing, if you're looking at it, you know, realistically. So I don't know. I mean, they're, obviously – People are very disappointed, and you know what? You, you you play with the players that you have, and I don't think those players probably stepped up as well as maybe they could have yesterday, but the Giants sure did. I mean, they took it to another level, and um, kudos to them. I mean, their defense was solid. Their offense was probably the best it's been for a while since well, since they played the Vikings a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, hey, uh, they found a way to win, and they, uh, they did a good job. Um, I thought Miami was probably the team of the team of the weekend. I really yeah. thought they were going to make the Bills there at the end. Um, and you got to love the Jags coming back. That was just tremendous. That I mean, I think Trevor, insane. Trevor Lawrence was... <laughs> is a real good quarterback. He's a good kid too. I can't say kid. Right. He's a young man now, but just a good young man. And you just felt so good for him to finally win a big game and then get that and get that team maybe on track to do some really good things down the line so if the know, Dolphins would have gotten the play in on time half the time yeah, they burned exactly. all their timeouts and they that fun, right. I mean well, that that was awful but you know where that's going that's that third string quarterback he's been thrown into the fray I'm sure Buffalo was throwing different defenses at him he hadn't probably seen or thought about 
And when you're on the field, it's a way different than when you're sitting in the uh, in the movie room watching the movie. So you know, and it, it, it's just too bad because they're a little bit disorganized and chaotic. But yeah, if they maybe got some got some plays in on time, well, the coach and, has got to get that in. Yeah, yeah that's got to be communicated quicker. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. the plays. That was a little different too. You know, I mean. Where's your OC? And the OC is always the play ahead of you and has that ready to go as soon as the whistle blows. So, yeah, I think there were some some things there that probably could have been done better. But, uh, hey, they gave them a run, and uh, the Bills, uh, you know, they're they're mortal. They're a little bit mortal. They got shaken yesterday. So we'll see how that plays out. The uh, You brought up something, uh, Phil, with Miami because, you know, with Tua out and then, uh, then with Teddy out, and, and so now you got your third guy in there. And, of course, everybody, you know, one of the emerging stories this year is what's happening in San Diego to a point where people are going, we need Trey Lance. We'll take him. You know, it's like well, Purdy's our guy now. You know, that's it. So Sam Fran's had this days of our lives quarterback shuffle with Jimmy G into Trey injury, and now Brock Purdy and his family is getting a cutaways like 15 times a game, a shot of his parents over there. My right, point is this, you know, that, that uh, we talk about the value positions in football and Joel Heikamp actually asked me, uh, we were chatting about this this morning on KFGO, you know, and I'll throw it to you guys. A, a running back, a solid running back in the national, what's the value of having an importance of a good running back in today's National Football League? I, I, I respond with, well, when you have a good one coupled with a line, I mean, you've got the best of everything. If you've got a Saquon Barkley in your backfield, or you've got you know even an ETN, and you start talking about – you've got running backs that you see are, are dominant and, and are very good, and it's, it's, uh, it's just a comfort to have someone like that. What's the value, though, of that a good running back in today's NFL? That's the question. Well, it's your offense diff- more difficult to defend. I mean, quite frankly, it makes you a lot. It makes you a lot more capable of, of doing different things. Because then, all of a sudden, you've got a good running back. They have to respect that right off the bat. You know, the fake, the fake to the running back or whatever. So you got to hold those. Lines. And but, then that opens up. That opens up the middle of the field with your tight end and with everything else. So, to a point, no. Phil and Derek and Brad. To a point where you utilize a high, high draft pick on no, one. No, that's not happening anymore. No. No. Well. That's, that's a little different deal. But okay. You just value of a good running back. And I agree with you. Yeah, that's I agree with you. I, I think when you have it, yep. you're right. You can you – can, and certainly one, two that maybe can catch balls out of a backfield. I mean, now you've got the best of every right. world. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that to your point, what you're trying to say, Jack, is the running back position has become the disposable razor of the NFL. And, okay, that's a good way to put and, it. And I think, you know, they'll spit you up. And the best year that the Vikings have had all around in the past 10 years has been – when Delvin Cook got hurt and Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray were the running backs, that one-two punch. Yep. Yep. And yep. they were serviceable. They, they gave you a different look. I mean, they destroyed the Lions on Thanksgiving Day by marching on the field, didn't pass the ball once with Case Keenum, and went down and scored and set the tone for that game and went on to win. I think, you know, name five guys, boom, right off the top of your head are the top running backs in the NFL right now. Yeah. I can tell you the quarterbacks. I can tell you the wide receivers. Right, you'd have to sit and think about the running backs, and you'd have to think, well, I wonder what Joe Mixon's numbers are this year. I wonder what the tenor numbers are this year. I wonder what they're, they're just not the stars yeah. that the quarterbacks and wide receivers Eckler, are now. Eckler scored a lot of touchdowns, uh, but has got you know, yeah, I get what you're meaning. Go ahead, Doc. Yep. No, no, I I, I hear you. Um, you know, Travis Etienne and yep. Henry. Yeah. I mean, the, the, 
But, Nick, but after that, it falls off pretty quickly. Like Nick Chubb? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Had him on my fantasy team. Derek I probably should have gone there. But, yeah, but, they, but they also have guys behind them are kind of, you know. Right. But but you have to pause to think. They're, they're, right. And where, right. Where in the 80s it was Walter Payton and right. Emmett Smith. Or Earl and Campbell. And Earl Campbell. I mean, Eric Dickerson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, right. they were the guys. It's changed, yeah, hasn't for it? For sure. Running is still important. You know, Marshawn Lynch, they talked about how this is a passing league while Marshawn Lynch was, you know, winning a Super Bowl and then should have won another one. With him being a big f- a factor in the, what the Seahawks are doing under that era, but uh, it's just it's more of a I think my, running back by committee world right I now. I like how you you phrase that. My point on that, Doc, I, I think, is I go back to that twenty play, twelve minute drive for the Giants, and now and and, and Brad's right. It ended, it ended in a field goal. They had the one taken. It ends in three points. But you know the value of a twenty play, twelve minute drive right. in the course of a game in the first half. That is just. That just sucks the life out of you, Doc, when, when an opposing right. team is doing it, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and they're not doing it necessarily with the ground game. And point being, my point, I guess, to close the thought, is that they were doing that a lot with Daniel Jones' scramble, a quick hit here, another scramble there, a quick hit there. They didn't do it with a feature back. And I'm, I love Dalvin Cook. I think he runs hard and all that. But earlier we talked about unfortunate casualties to cap hips with, with backs. And yeah. that might be one, Doc. So. Well, and, uh, you know, he is playing injured. I'm not trying to try and make excuses for him. He needs to get his shoulder taken care of in this offseason for sure. Um, you know, they didn't do it last year. They need to do it this year so that he can be as close to 100%. But but I, but I think that reinforces the point, Jack. I mean, it, you don't have to have just the all-star running back. If you have a good, stable group of a couple guys that are running consistently and they're getting you three, four, five yards, that opens up the other part of the field, and that's what that's what the Giants exploited yesterday. They were getting some runs, and then all of a sudden, right across the middle, people are wide open. Yeah. I mean, which goes and, back into our whole defensive scheme yep, conversation. Yep. Exactly. You know, and, and they're playing zone so much, and it was just like, you know, get up and man up on these guys. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Well, um, it, it, and this is what the day after people, is about, people. This is what the day after is right. about. We flush it through the system today. You know? Well, I, I think that the, the bottom line is is that the Vikings lulled their fans a little bit of, in, into a stupor, thinking they were really good, and really they were pretty average. Even though 13 wins on the board, division. Yep. I'd say most fans, yep. though, saw it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. True. I don't know many fans that went into this weekend confident just the way they've been playing. Yeah. I was just still like, you know, I hope they can get to this week. It's probably going to end in San Francisco oh, if it yeah. does. But I, I thought, I let's just try to get one I thought having a home game, and then they started out strong. I thought that right. everything leading in, it's a home game. True. The crowd's raucous. They come on, they score. I thought, okay, this is Minnesota. This is going to be a nice little yeah. afternoon. And then it was. I tell you, Doc and, and Brad and Derek, I, I'd love to paint a rosy picture, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Minnesota only has two picks in the in the first 100. In the not saying that you cure everything in the draft, but it's the draft, and when you're when you don't have a lot of fluctuation with caps and and, and, yeah. and dollars, uh, something has to be. The Economist is going to have to be the MVP for for Minnesota here. If you get an edge rusher and you know something like that on the outside, right. so I mean, you, you and get know. healthy with some of the other ones that you spent. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yep. and and there's some trades that probably could be made, and you know, I mean, there's there's lots of opportunity there. It's just you know somebody's got to really you know take the ball by the horns and go. Okay, this is the direction we want to go. You know, and, and I don't think you laid at the, the head coach's feet. I mean. 
This is a team that was dropped in on him. He came in and he didn't have right. an opportunity to draft people and things like that. And they always, just, always say, well, it's the coach's fault. Well, not really. I mean, he can only do so much with what he had. That's and he's trying to evaluate your personnel. And they felt that they that, that was their best best shot with the personnel that they have. And, you know, rightly or wrongly, but they will be different next year. Oh, I'll guarantee you. Um, And there will be different lineups as well. So, you know, he'll get his guys in there and and it'll start to to change a bit. I think he's a good head coach. I mean, very, very good with the X's and O's, obviously. Um, And and so I think, uh, you know, and I was all lost. And, you know, you you turn around, you go, okay, this is what we did that didn't work. Let's move forward. Don't look in the back. I'm not looking at the rearview mirror. Let's look out the windshield and let's see what we got to do for next year. Speaking of postseason, is the team going to be in the postseason that plays about 70 miles north of where we're at? This is how was a tough <laughs> that weekend. Was a tough Saturday to listen. I thought, okay, they're putting goals up. You're right, Derek. That's, That's a, uh, UND's in they trouble. Will be, they will be in the postseason, but it will be the conference postseason, and their season may be over at that point. You're going to have to win that, do you think? Maybe? Are they in a yeah, spot? They have to. Well, they're they're going to have to, but I don't see with the league as strong as it is. I mean, holy cow! Colorado College goes down to St. Cloud and beats St. Cloud. Whoa! Yeah, there's the statement. Um, I, I this league is so tough now, and it is, and there's just so much parity. I mean, we'll find out this weekend. You know, the dogs come to town, and they're kind of in the same boat, and it's and it's going to be a dogfight, literally there. Um, and I think if the team that comes out of this weekend with a with a winning mark might have an opportunity to be moving up into the up into the lineup but um you know it's it's a young team um and, and, and there's nothing really that you can say more than that i mean the guys are learning they're trying hard i mean that game's friday night that goaltender stood on his head i mean that, that's yeah. just the way it is he did an excellent job you know and the, and the guys i mean i think they had 27 shots on compared to the 23 shots for western michigan and and I and I talked to the coach after, and I know him real well. And he goes, "Yeah, that's some, one of the best games he's had." And I went, "That's all it takes sometimes. You just I, get a I, hot goaltender." I felt out. for the uh, the local kid uh, Saturday that they put a Caleb uh, that they uh, they they put in the, uh, the, the yeah, uh, obviously a fantastic uh, young player, and, and now you've utilized three different goalies this year for North Dakota, and 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 obviously when you give up that many goals, obviously something is on you, but I, I didn't didn't feel like the way the game was going, like it was all on him. You yeah, know? Was Clevin out, too? Was, did I see that? And Clevin had to serve yeah, a Yeah, he had to, he had to yeah. sit Saturday night. Yeah. That's tough. But, I mean, but but look at the other. They scored six goals. Right. Right. And so so they they can do it. It's just getting it to, to gel into the white, right way, and, and, and that's, that's where the team thing comes in. And, you know, who knows? Who's got the magic formula? I don't know. But – uh, they rebounded and, and they responded very well Saturday, and I think that's a positive thing going into this weekend series. But you know, every weekend now except one is NCHC hockey, and and they can climb out of it if they if they can get on a little heater here and, and win four or five in a row. You know, then they're right back into it. But um, but the reality is, in, in 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 the general sense of it, this is a young team. I mean, you get to the top line and into the second line, the third and fourth line are youngsters. And they're learning how to play in the NCHC, which is a lot different than the USHL. And and it takes a while sometimes. And maybe the maturation process for this group is a little bit longer. Um, we're so used to having them all respond after Christmas, and then they get on a on a roll, and they and they really do well. But you know, this is this is how sometimes it really is. I mean, this is how Colorado College was. This is how 
know, Miami is currently, you know, at the bottom of the league. And, and people just need to just relax and take a deep breath. You can't be, you know, uh, the best in everything every year. I mean, there, there are going to be some, some times where things are a little bit dull. The, the one thing we had a conversation with them and I, and, and I, and I have found, and I see this a lot too, that the talent pool out there for college hockey is good, but it's not as rich as you think it is. And, when somebody like Minnesota pulls about four or five of those elite level players right out of the chute, you know that that dilutes the rest of the uh, the squads around the country. To be perfectly honest, um, I mean you want to try and have an elite player or some somebody that can snipe and score, um, but when the one team kind of takes three or four of them in one fell mm-hmm. swoop, that makes it difficult for everybody else. I don't have the standings in front of me, but I think the NCHC is like that. You've got a clear uh, a front runner, do you not, Brad? And then then there's a lot of right. gettable positions under underneath that. In the in the well, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. The, you know, with Western uh, Michigan and for Duluth, I mean, this is really very maybe critical is not the word, but it was important that they get some points out of this because those were two they right. could potentially hop up and. Over in the standings, they could maybe sneak up to fourth or fifth, but uh, didn't help their cause this weekend. A hey, quick injury thing because we were talking about Vikings, and you know they use their the Lewis Seen the then the an unfortunate injury to him. He suffered a um, broke a broke. It was on a okay. I'm just a punt return. Uh, it's, it's obviously months ago. Uh, broke his tibia and fibia, and suffered a dislocated ankle. The prognosis of coming back for a young athlete. On Tib Fib and a dislocated ankle. Dak Prescott. Huh? Yeah. Was he Tib Fib and 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 the whole thing? Yeah. It was even worse. He was open. It came through the skin. Yikes! Yikes! So that was even worse. Okay. But no, piece him back together, get his motion going, get his strength build up. He'll be fine. Yeah. Coming from an orthopedic surgeon, baby. That's uh, that's the that's the optimistic thing right there. Yeah, that's that's I guess good good to hear. On that, all right, Doc. What else? What else you got in the up uh, front window here? Well, we're right in the heat of the season, right? Well, football, hockey. Um, you know, love this time of year. Yeah, it is good. It is good. A lot of good games to go. A lot of good games to go watch, and a lot of good games to listen on the radio. I like how you did that. See, watch it on the radio. That's uh, that's what she's all about. He is the the legendary Doctor Phil. Johnson, I wish I normally I finish with something on uh, this day in history, but I guess this date, 1920, prohibition went into effect in the United States. Well, that'd be a tough well, one for a Vikings wait. fan a day after yesterday's well, game. Well, it's the holiday, right? Yeah, it is. Well, certainly Martin Luther King uh, uh, Day. I mean, that's that's obviously huge. Federal yeah. holiday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff. So in, uh, take that in, in remembrance uh, why we're celebrating today. That's that's the way to put that right. one. Here you go. Right. Good stuff. Thank you, Doc. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Have a good week. One only Dr. Phil Johnson uh, joining us uh, today on the program. You know that that when they uh, went to, and Derek, you're the political part of our roundtable, but the I, th- this was promoted by labor unions in contract after King, okay, U.S. Representative John Conyers, a Democrat from Michigan, and U.S. Senator Edward Brook, a Republican from Massachusetts, introduced the bill to make today the national the, uh, the third Tuesday, I guess it would be, the uh, Monday uh, national holiday for Martin Luther King. Uh, it fell five votes short of the number needed. Wow. And then they had to go, you know, just going back to what 
There's Congress. There's, I mean, well, I remember how con- controversial it was because we were talking late 80s, right? Yeah, 79, uh, 79. Was it 79? Yeah. But it really became a federal holiday was in, like in the late 80s. And, and then Arizona lost the Super Bowl over because they weren't going to recognize it. So. That's exactly right. They yeah. said two of the main arguments mentioned by opponents were that a, a paid holiday for federal employees would be too expensive and that a holiday to honor a private citizen would be contrary to longstanding tradition. His king had never held public office. Well, there's your, there's your argument that uh, that came into place. Speaking of MLK, uh, Martin Luther King uh, Day today and holiday today. Uh, the NBA at times has his matinees on MLK Day, and one of those are the Minnesota Timberwolves facing uh, Utah this afternoon. Two thirty will be right here on the fan. Three o'clock on the tip. Guess who's playing? Better basketball, by the way, the last uh, handful of weeks. <laughs> have you caught some Wolves games? Uh, that, guys? I've checked some. Yeah, I've checked some scores. That's yeah. That's like they've been. Unlike where I was really on board last year, though, they aggravate me too much. Yeah, this year. I guess it seems like it's up up one week, down I'm, the next. Yeah, I've been. I mean, I've been following it obviously, and I start watching and yeah. Too inconsistent. I, too many de- defense. Uh, too many defensive deficiencies. Yeah, giving up 135 one night, then winning by scoring 120. You can't lose to the Pistons and give up 135. That's right. right. That's just I'll one. tell you, Nas Reed had a throwdown. Which game was it the other day that I was taking in? And I'm like, man, that reminded me of Larry Nance, not the young one, younger people, the older Larry, Larry Nance Senior. They used to throw. Remember, Larry Nance used to throw. Look, down. He won the first slam dunk. Oh, contest he was incredible. Years ago. And then I watched John ja Morant. Mm-hmm. Did you see his dunk? Uh, no. Oh. Oh, boys. But now, now you're going to make me look. Oh, now. boys. <laughs> but to your point, they have only lost one game in January Thank to you. those Pistons. But, Thank you. But, well, the, but, but they, only one. Yes. But they are playing well. I'm John sure Morant the other night, guys, not only on a block shot, look at where his arm is on the backboard, and then go in that same game and look at his dunk, and you're going to go, yeah. those are the two biggest things I've seen this year at the NBA. Gotcha. So there it is. Something to Google. Brian, you've got basketball. Not tonight, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. DGF at Holly. Hello. Boys, DGF's uh, had a nice win over Perm the other night, and they are uh, they're one of the top well, teams in nice the AAA. So, Last time yeah. I was in the Holly Gym doing a game, uh, Scotch, our colleague, was making chili. One of the parents oh, very nice. cook. Yeah, um, they have a great concession. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. Stick around. Common Man is coming up next. Wolves today against Utah here on the fan.